1: CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and Leaky Black Matt Norlander is here with me and as previously noted in addition to normal episodes of the podcast we're also regularly recording short episodes on various prospects in the 2020 NBA Draft. We've already done LaMelo Ball, Obi Toppin, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, Denny Avdia, Anyeka Okonwu, Isaac Okoro, Cole Anthony, Sadiq Bey, and Trey Jones. If you missed any of them for any reason and you're interested, go find them. They're not hard to find. Today, we turn our attention to Tyrese Halliburton. He's a six foot five point guard from Iowa State who averaged fifteen point two points, six point five assists, and five point nine rebounds in thirty six point seven minutes per game this past season. Shot fifty point four percent from the field, forty-one point nine percent from three, was really good, but limited to just 22 games after fracturing his left wrist in early February in a game against Kansas State. At that point, Halliburton's sophomore season was done. Then he declared for the 2020 NBA draft, reasonably so, considering he's a projected top-ten pick, according to most. I have him ninth in my latest mock draft. Norlander has him tenth. What's to like about Tyrese Halliburton as an NBA prospect? What are the concerns? We'll get into it momentarily, but first, check this out. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high-level level. Learn more and purchase the two-way at newbalance.com. So, Norlander, in this episode, the focus is Iowa State's Tyrese Halliburton. He entered Iowa State as a sub-150 recruit in the class of 2018. Mm -hmm. He leaves Iowa State as a two-and-done standout and projected top-ten pick. What do you make of Tyrese Halliburton as an NBA prospect?
0: Well, for the second straight Uh, draft, we're going to have a point guard taken in the lottery after suffering a significant injury and that not really affecting his draft status, Uh, unlike um, what we saw the previous year. Trivia time! Who am I referring Hmm. to? Who was the one last year? Darius Garland. That's correct. Darius Garland was a top five pick coming out of Vanderbilt. Was much more highly regarded coming out of high school than Halliburton was, Um, but regardless of that, Halliburton was he's a fascinating case in this regard. So, every season, Kyle Boone and I, not Kyle Porter, Kyle Boone, shouts to Kyle Boone. Um, shouts to Kyle Porter. Okay, fair enough. We track, uh, we do the Frosh Watch, which is the ongoing updating list of the 10 uh, most statistically impressive uh, slash valuable freshmen in the country, according to us. So, Halliburton never quite cracked that list when he was a freshman for us, even though statistically he was an incredible player. He wasn't getting enough burn to really truly crack the top ten in that regard. Uh, he was certainly deployed as a freshman and, and, and a very good player. But in regard and in relation to other freshmen uh, during his first season uh, with Iowa State, he just wasn't quite that. But his numbers were super intriguing, and because of that, because he was so efficient, and Iowa State was a tournament team. Uh, granted, with with other NBA players on the roster like Taylor and Horton Tucker. Um, he was on NBA radars after his first season, undeniably. If he had decided to leave after his freshman season, and I know there was some some brief consideration of it, I don't know if he would have been picked, but he was certainly in the mix, and it might have been a situation of what teams had what picks in the 50s. Then he returns to Iowa State and undeniably gets even better. He is super efficient. He's lean. What's, uh, what's interesting about his draft case is that I don't know, I Let's credit Steve, Steve Prome for this, but like Monty Morris, one of his predecessors, and, and Tyrese Halliburton have like two of the three best assist to turnover ratios uh, that D1 men's college basketball has seen in the past 25 years, 30 years. So um, I think that's a huge, huge pro for him. I do think that he is uh, a point guard who can be a combo guard, although he's super thin. Like he's angular. He's about six five, good wingspan, which is why he's going to get taken in the lottery because he's got great passing ability, Parrish, and he's tall, he's lean, can see over the defense, but um, but I wonder if he's almost too skinny. I'll, I'd be interested to see once he gets picked and once he gets to the league, like how much weight has he been able to put on in the past six months in terms of in terms of muscle. But I do like his case. We both think that he should be a lottery pick. He will be a lottery pick. Uh, I know Iowa State fans listening are very familiar with him. If you're not, you know, get familiar soon because. Uh, from a from an intelligent quotient standpoint I just uh, he seems set again there's a reason why we're talking about the players we talk about in these profile uh, episodes because I don't see a reason why he's not going to be in the league 10 years he's just too smart too reliable he's not a perfect player you can make a case that he shouldn't go top 10 but to me he's right there and uh, top three top four point guard in this draft
1: as for the weight he's he's 6'5 175 so he's very very thin and So when you're trying to identify weaknesses or problems, you you would put that on the list, like needs to add strength. But I feel like we say that about every young prospect outside of maybe Zion Williamson. With Zion, it's like needs to lose weight. But with uh, every other... Prospect is like needs to add weight, and it's like, well, of course, he's twenty years old, or he's yeah. nineteen years old, or you know, depending but, on the prospect we're talking about. But I mean, but yes, he's very. I mean, I'm
0: six three, one 175 and like, and I mean, just 6'5", 175 is lean. So yeah, yes. I mean, not that he can't thrive. Listen, Steph Curry coming in was even leaner than than Halliburton, but that's just you know, if you want to be able to sustain this stuff, it's a physical game. You need to put on at least ten pounds of muscle. That's all.
1: I I. I agree that he needs to add weight. I assume that he will. Um, most people do. Basketball players and non-basketball players. In good and bad ways. Hopefully his is in the good way. Yeah. Um, the reason you never had him on that freshman watch list throughout his freshman season is that the numbers were just... You wouldn't even look at him. Mm-hmm. You know, 6.8 points, 3.6 assists, 3.4 rebounds per game. that That's what he was as a freshman. Yeah. So the, the numbers don't even make you pay attention but if you watch him you know that he can play and that's why you know he gets invited after his freshman season so keep in mind he was ranked 172nd in the class of 2018 according to 24 7 sports he was just like those those types of players ranked in that way who go to a place like iowa state or a big 12 school they're not even supposed to play Like, you're not even supposed to play as a freshman. That's supposed to be a four-year guy who helps you someday. But he really shouldn't even be getting on the court. But I remember, you know, so that's, this is, he enters college the same year as Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Radish, and I'm in Maui for the Maui Invitational. Iowa State is there. Now, they go there with, like, four, they're down four players. Like, they've got a couple guys suspended, a couple guys hurt, and I think they had, like, eight scholarship players. And Tyrese Halliburton is one of them that's available. So here we are in Maui. I think their first game was against Arizona. And you got a guy who was ranked 172nd in his high school class, starting as a freshman and playing 40 minutes against Arizona. He started all three games in Maui. And surprisingly, I think, because I remember talking to Steve Prum about this in Maui, uh, like he was like, dude, they went two and one. And he was like, I... I'll take two and one, I, 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 you know. We had eight scholarship players and we're in a arguably the greatest Maui field ever. Two and one is tremendous. I'm happy to get back home with that record. They lost Arizona, then beat San Diego State and in, in Illinois. So my point is Halliburton was impactful from the beginning in terms of somebody Steve wanted on the court. At first out of necessity, but then just because he was one of their better players even though the statistics didn't show you that 6.8 points, 3.6 is his 3.4 rebounds as a freshman. He still got invited to go play for USA basketball that summer, despite being nowhere on USA basketball's radar until his freshman year at Iowa state. My point being this, if you just look at the stats again, you don't even pay it. He's just a sub one fifty prospect coming out of high school who played a lot of minutes for Iowa state, but really didn't, um, have you know he didn't average double digits in points or any of the things that make you normally pay attention. But if you watch the games, you could tell he could play. And you're exactly right. Even though he only averaged 6.8 points per game as a freshman, he was on NBA scouts' radars after that freshman season.
0: His efficiency was outrageous, and that's why that was the case there. He was top 20 among all major conference players as a freshman when he shot 43.4% from three-point range. His offensive rating at Ken Palm was 136.8. Was That was the third-best rating in the country as a freshman there. So on a per-minute and efficiency basis, he was unreal, even though his traditional stats weren't great and it's why heading into his sophomore season, he was on draft radars and expected to be uh, a player that could be cracking in that first round. And then it was kind of undeniable once he started his sophomore season that he was going to be the kind of player that would rise up the draft boards. Uh, sterling reputation, really smart player. Defensively, he's just okay. I mean, honestly, if he was... a uh, If he was a B-level defender, then I think Tyrese Halliburton would be a top five pick, and he's just not a B-level defender. He's not a trash defender. He's just not – he doesn't have the absolute complete package, and that's the only thing that's probably holding him back at this point. Um, But clearly a solid shooter, and I know we've talked about other point guards uh, in this profile series in the past couple of weeks and months. We've kind of tried to evaluate where we project them to be in relation to the rest of the league, and and you know, if you take this player, what are they going to be? What is their role going to be? I think Tyrese Halliburton will eventually be a starting uh, point guard in the NBA, but I don't know if he'll ever be a top fifteen point guard at that kind of level. Like he can be right or right, he can be an average starting point guard in the league. And if you're a team picking eighth, ninth, eleventh, if he's there at twelve or thirteen, I think that's a that's a wonderful get for you. So keep all of that in mind. Some might be a little surprised with Halliburton's stock because Iowa State was not good last season. Remember, he did not play beyond February eighth when he got uh, when he got hurt. Uh, didn't play down the stretch. Iowa State, it should be noted, only won two games without him until the season was halted suddenly. So, uh, with him, they weren't outstanding as a sophomore, but they lost plenty of talent as well. But uh, regardless of that, he is yet another really good point guard and what has become, you know, one of the two or three better point guard drafts of the past 15 years, in my opinion.
1: Um, defensively, I would argue he's maybe a little better than, than, than you describe. He, he's not like a top shelf athlete um, the way some point guard prospects who enter the league are, but you know, He really knows how to get in passing lanes. knows knows when to get into passing lanes. He averaged two and a half steals in thirty six point seven minutes per game this past season. He finished thirty sixth in steal percentage, and that ranked fourth among all Power Five players. And he allowed um, only zero point five points per isolation possession, which put him in the eighty fourth percentile. So he's not this incredible athlete or somebody who's going to, you know overwhelm you physically but he seems to have a knack for for being a a a good team defensive player and i do think he can be a plus defender in the nba especially given his size you know six five with a six seven six eight wingspan and and an an ability and the instincts to get into passing lanes I, i think that gives him a chance to 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 be again a plus defender um you know, as as he progresses and obviously adds weight, uh, his role is going to be interesting because, you, you know, I, I have him going ninth. You have him going tenth. If I'm being honest, before we record these, I do a more extensive, like I spend way more time looking at Tyrese Hallibur, any prospect, just so that I hopefully can sound like I know what I'm talking about when we're talking about it. So I watched a lot of fi- like you know film stuff on him last night and, you know, really dove into the statistical stuff last night. And, and, um, you, one of the things you see is that he, he, you, you described him this way at the top, like he, he is a point guard, but he can play off the ball. No problem. Without a doubt. Yes. Right. And, and in fact, I think that's where he'll be most useful earlier in his career. Our, Our old buddy, Sam Vecini, who, um, Uh, You know, obviously, uh, you know, studies prospects as well as anybody has him going six to the Atlanta Hawks. And I think that makes a lot of sense because he can be Trey Young's backup early in his career. But you can also put him on the court with Trey Young and just let him be a catch and shoot, uh, uh, you know, off guard because he's an incredible catch and shoot guy. Like, you know, the numbers are the numbers. He shot 43.4% from three as a freshman, 41.9% from three as a sophomore. The form is a little unusual, but the but the ball goes in. It reminds me a little bit of Jaron Jackson Jr. Like, Jaron Jackson Jr., if you watch him release a shot, you're like, ugh. It, but it goes in. you know. It, and so, like, why mess with it if it goes in? I'm not saying you don't mess with Tyrese Halliburton's shot. I'm just saying even though it looks a little unusual, it, it goes in. He was 101 of 237 from three in his two seasons. That's 42.6%. He took 5.6 threes per game this past season and made 41.9% of them. Shot 70% on corner threes, 52% from the left wing, and scored 1.49 points per catch-and-shoot jumpers in the half court. That number put him in the 98th percentile. So he's not a great isolation player. Like some point guard prospects are like throwing like, like Trey Young, like throw him the ball and let him create a shot for himself. But uh, he can in the half court create for other people and he can play with your point guard and just be a catch and shoot guy in a league that values shooters more than ever. I, I, I really like him. I, I, I like you said, he's not a perfect pros, prospect, of course, But I I really like Albert.
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, listen, he's got... He's going to have a long-lasting NBA career. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that. Uh, he also has the weird uh, benefit of he. So he broke his left wrist um, back in February, and you know that, that's long since healed. Like by the time he gets drafted on November 18th, he is going. I mean, he's he's back and ready to go here. And so because of that, um, I don't know if that is going to explicitly help him or not. But in a normal year, uh, he just straight up leading up to the draft, at least in you know April into early May, his workout situation would not have been the same. Now it might not a matter just like we mentioned with Garland who got injured early he was injured in like the fourth or fifth game of his career at Vanderbilt uh, with an ACL before uh, wind, getting wind up getting drafted there um, I don't think that injury will have any sort of impact and also like you know wrist injury is not great it's the kind of thing that um can certainly, if you're in the middle of a season like it, it's season ending, uh, having broken my wrist, I can I can playing basketball, uh, not at the D one level, mind you, but I can I can legitimately speak to how that can set you back. Um, that's just not going to be an issue uh, for Halliburton at all. I do want to point out real quick here, since we're on the topic of some Iowa State Hoopers here, that Steve Prohm's done a pretty solid job in recent seasons of. Um, Although Iowa State's been up and down from a win-loss perspective, getting to the tournament or not, um, when Halliburton's taken, he's going to be the sixth player uh, since the 2016 draft to be drafted out of ISU. So, Abdel Nader and George Nyang both in 2016 were taken in the second round. In 2017, Monty Morris was taken 51st, which I just, I was weighing in on Monty Morris. To me, he was you know, early second round material and he dropped all the way to 51. Mariel Shayuk went in 2019, and Taylor Horton Tucker to the Lakers, the NBA champions, uh, he went in the, in the second round as well. So, every Iowa State player, the past five that have gone since 2016, have been second round picks. And then you'll have Halliburton who will break that trend and uh, and almost certainly go in the lottery there. So um, developing – that's just the kind of stuff where – like, Proms done all right for himself. I think he's done pretty good. Uh, kept Iowa State um, relatively stable. I know ISU fans haven't gotten absolutely everything they want out of him. But I will say, like, once Halliburton's taken, and when you can basically say, you know, for the past four or five drafts, you know, here here's a list of everyone we've had that's been taken in the NBA draft. And you don't think of Iowa State as this automatic, you know, NBA pipeline. And pipeline's laying on a little too thick GP. But this stuff can have real impact a year two and three from now when you are able to recruit maybe one or two more players to your program that might have otherwise gone somewhere else when they can see okay well at least they are also getting. I want to go here and they're getting guys to the pros Uh, and you take someone like Halliburton who was not a five-star or a four-star prospect that kind of stuff can really benefit Prome in the program going forward and what's obviously a very competitive conference the Big 12 has been for the most part the best league in college basketball for the past six or seven seasons.
1: I'll take it a step further. Like, uh, almost none of – the uh, probably none of those guys that you named that Steve has helped develop into an NBA player were supposed to be NBA players coming out of high school, and then go back to him at Murray State. Isaiah Cannon. Yeah. Cameron Payne. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got a pretty great track record at this point of taking prospects who do – like, you know, when people think of coaches in the NBA, they think of John Calipari and Mike Krzyzewski, and I would never uh, discount – or at least intentionally discount the role that those guys play in developing NBA prospects. But for the most part, they enroll NBA players and then just transition them to the NBA. It's quite different when you enroll guys who nobody thinks is going to play in the NBA. And then they end up in the NBA going back to Murray skate again, Isaiah Cannon, Cameron Payne, the list of Iowa state guys, you name, and here's Taylor, uh, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, a, a guy who was, a sub 150 prospect coming out of high school and now is a two and done, um, you know, two and done projected top 10 pick. That's good stuff from Steve Prohm. And it's one thing when it happens to you one time, but when you are consistently developing not NBA prospects into NBA players, I I do think that says something about you. And it reminds me a little bit of, of, John Beeline. And those like John Beilein had a, a pretty good track record of taking guys who didn't, they weren't on no uh, big boards coming out of high school, and then you look up two years, you know, after they're at Michigan, and suddenly they're projected first round picks or top sixty picks at the very least. You know, Steve is is doing a pretty good job at that at Iowa State, and again, Tyrese Halliburton is the latest example of that. Shouts to. Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry, MF and Teagle legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you for listening to the Iron College Basketball Podcast once again in the middle of a stupid pandemic. If you enjoy it, please tell one person about it. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate it. Norlando would too. So please go do that and we'll talk to you again real soon. Until then, take care.